morning, everyone. Thank you, Brother David, for the very timely, simple message. It was very easy to understand. It was very clear. It was very true. Um, before we begin, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we we have heard this morning such a simple truth of digging into the daily manna to keep our high, our our hearts alive and throbbing of the truth that will keep us that will keep us in peace with one another. It will keep us away from sin. It will continually help us enable us to grow in the Lord that we might do the things that we cannot do because we have you as our helper Father we want to thank you for this assembly today be with all those that are not here with us the brethren those that are traveling keep them safe Father may you be glorified in them may you be glorified in us help us to have open hearts help us to hear from from thy word today, not what I say, but, Father, what you're saying to your children. Help us, Father, open up our hearts. Keep us, Father, under thy care. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope and pray that just one of you today will be blessed today with what I have to say, and it will be worded for me. There's been a lot on my heart this last week. <coughs> A lot of struggling, wrestling. I'm sure in all of you there's something similar from the message we heard uh, last week. It was very timely. It was for a reason. And I will take it as from the Lord. Um, all of us are on a different journey. Some of you might be stuck in a journey that you repeated the last 10 years. Hopefully not, but maybe some of you are. A lot of times I find myself struggling with things that I thought, hey, I should be past this. There's a reason we're still struggling with it. And my my message today is titled, "Is, Is Your Room Open? Is your room open? Um, it was inspired by a message I heard from Zach Poonen about having open rooms. And it's been a week since we heard, since we were here last time, uh, since we heard about being fishermen in God's kingdom. We heard a challenge for us to just stop attending to the home aquarium to go out and find new fishes for the kingdom, to study fish, to love fish. All of us have been called not to be fishermen in these words, but to be witnesses for God. All of us have been called to be a witness for Christ. No matter what your gifts are, all of us have to be a witness for Christ. For this end, we were saved. We were called to Christ for this purpose. 
And God said, where should be a witness? I believe we should be a witness in the home. Our children ought to know that we are a witness for Christ. Our wives ought to know that we are a witness for Him. We have this testimony with our children, with our wife. Don't talk to anybody else if you don't have these two witnesses. A witness for your children and your wife. That should be the easy one. But it's often so hard. Be a witness to the brothers and sisters around you. You, brethren. Nobody knows me more than all of you. And how would you feel if I said, Hey, I want to be a witness in China, but you know in your heart, you might not tell me, you're a million miles away from being a witness in China because you don't even you can't even be a witness for me here. You don't love us, you don't love me. I'm not saying that's the case, but if it would be, you brothers would know. Because you know me. You're watching me. And vice versa. So as hard as it is to see, and we don't want to say it, keep watching the aquarium, but I'm sorry, if, if we, we, need to, we need to work here in our aquarium if we are not ready. That's just a simple fact. But it is very sad that we have to keep watching the aquarium for years and years and years and years. There's a season for that. And all of us only have a season with our children. And the time is up. Then the fishes are all out of our house. And we can't do it any longer. There is a small season. There's a small window for certain things. And Christ said to be a witness first in Jerusalem and to the outermost parts of the world. What does that mean for us as a church? Brother Dave mentioned a smartphone, and I've been meditating on it. Media gives us an opportunity to be witnesses to the outermost parts of the world. And we see here where people are starting to flock or maybe the fourth pit because of social media. And yeah, you might have your, your feelings about that. But it is a tremendous light. Um, Malcolm was here last week from Followers of the Way. He's a, he's a student in St. Cloud at the university there. How did he get to know Followers of the Way? Through social media. They're watching... <coughs> on YouTube watching these pastors and these brothers speaking. That's an opportunity. I'm just bringing up this is an opportunity for us that we did not have 100 years ago. We can reach out to the outermost parts of the world. There's people in India that have smartphones and they have good ones and they are listening to messages in for, for people in America and people in America are listening to messages for people in India. Like, I'm listening to Jack Poon, and he's in India. We can be a blessing to each other. Are we a witness 
again to our home? Are we a witness to our local church in Altona? Are we a witness to Henderson? And finally, are we a witness to Minneapolis? And this is all of our hearts. And I'm not here to make excuses. I am convicted. And there are certain brothers here that have gifts to go and be evangelists. And we need to prepare for that. We need to call out these gifts. And we need to start moving out in these things. And we are. We're, we're taking small steps. Praise the Lord. But we can do much more. And to this end, I want to speak about today, to lay a burden on your heart, that is, are your rooms open for the Holy Spirit? Are our rooms open for the Holy Spirit, for His leading, for His power, for His direction? It's a very simple message. I'm not going to make it too long. Are our rooms open for the Holy Spirit? You see, those of us that have accepted the Lord Jesus into our personal, our personal heart and Savior, for we have opened up our room. We have opened up a room. All of us may, might have opened up all of our rooms. But some of us have only opened it up maybe one room in our hearts. Does that mean that the Holy Spirit is not in us if we are not fully filled? I don't believe so. That's not my experience, and I believe I have the Holy Spirit. I don't have Him in His fullness. I'll just be honest. Those of you who have accepted the Lord Jesus into your hearts for a remission of sin might have the Holy Spirit in one small room. The room of remission of sins. Many of us might have invited Christ in our hearts on many different levels. Since he is like a gentleman or a gentle dove, he will not force his way into a room where he's not invited or welcomed. These rooms where he's not welcomed or invited are like roadblocks and stumbling blocks in our Christian lives. We will never have the filled power of the Holy Spirit working in us if we don't let the Lord cleanse these rooms, if we don't invite Him in, if we don't fully allow His reign in these rooms, we will never be productive witness to the kingdom of God with locked doors. These rooms represent self. Selfish things we are not open to giving up. The Holy Spirit might be in our hearts, but we have never allowed Him to fill us. And I realize this is a journey. And all of us will never be fully, fully filled. Because it's a continuous journey. Zach Poonen said it like this. We have opened the house in the first small room. And that is the only one that has light on in the beginning. We have not yet opened a door to the other ten rooms. They are still dark. Has the Lord come to us into this house? Yes. Has the Lord filled that house? No. Not for all of us. And that is our own fault. Nine rooms are empty. It's still dark. That is the condition of many a Christian. Has the Spirit come? Yes. Has He filled us? No. Why? Because this person hasn't opened up the doors. 
The Holy Spirit asks us, son, daughter, will you invite me in to observe your smartphone usage? What you scroll through, what you watch, what social media you frequent. Some believers will say, Lord, no, I'm not comfortable for you to sit next to me looking over my shoulder. No, I'm not comfortable. There's some things I watch or look at that you might not like. And the Holy Spirit says, okay, that's fine. I won't disturb you. I won't come into this room. The room stays empty. Can I come into your library? Can I look at the books you read? Oh, no. I, I like to read some books that you might not approve of. Okay. The Holy Spirit, a gentle dove. That's fine. He's a gentleman. He will not enter. He's not invited. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to be careful in saying all these things. This seems sin. But we do this subconsciously, where we invite or not invite the Holy Spirit by the decisions that we make. The flesh still has preeminence in some Christians. And this is not to, to point at fingers or drag you down. This is just where we're at in our spiritual lives. And this is only the place we will get. We will stop there if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to work. Will we allow the Lord to look into our finance rooms, the money we spend, where we spend it, to see if you're spending on your personal lives? Are we good stewards? Yes or no? When we cry out to the Lord, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. The Lord says, how can I fill you? Your rooms are all locked. I cannot fill you. You're not allowing me into your hidden rooms. We want our cake and we want to eat it too. We cannot have it that way. Your rooms are locked. We can pray for a hundred years. Nothing will happen in our lives. It stays full of our own garbage. This Christian, whoever it is, if it's me or you, is not ready to let go or to go on. I personally believe that if new rooms are not constantly open to the Holy Spirit, we will lose these rooms that we have already gotten through the Holy Spirit. It cannot stay that way. We don't stay the same in our lives. We either backslide into nothing, into total darkness, or we grow. We could lose these rooms that the Holy Spirit occupies due to backsliding and half-heartedness. Some Christians open all the doors and have an anointing and are filled immediately. We can read of these people. God totally fills them. At the time, I mean, no, nobody is really totally filled because God continuously reveals new rooms where he has to do a work and anointing. But as far as they are right now, they open up all the rooms. And the Lord can do a wondrous work. He can do many miracles through his Holy Spirit. God is able to use them powerfully, and great fruit comes forth. For some Christians, this journey takes years, one room at a time, one room at a time. But it's still progression, and that is good. Can we all relate to this journey? Ephesians 5.18 Be not drunk with wine, wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. 
It's a journey. I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to read from a chapter in Judges chapter 2, and I want you all to go there if you can. Judges chapter 2. We'll read a whole chapter. And as we read through it, think on the the Israelites as being you and your journey in the Lord. Put yourself into these shoes. It's very practical. Judges chapter 2. And the angel of the Lord came upon Gilgal to Bochim and said, I made you to go up and out of Egypt and I have brought you out into the land which I swore unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Again, put yourself into these shoes. The inhabitants of this land is the world in our shoes. Shall make no league with them. We're strangers and pilgrims. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And again, I want to interject here. This verse sounds like a little, like little rooms in our hearts. That we're not fully opening to the Lord. And it came to pass, when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. And they called the name of that place Bochum, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance and to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. This reminds me of us who have had a a remarkable experience with the Lord, but our children have not been fully taught. Our children, it wasn't passed down to our children, this vision that we had. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old. Verse 9. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnatiris, in the mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Goash. Geash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them. In other words, they were part of the world. And bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. Now we could have a whole message on what Baal and Ashtaroth is but I'll just skim off the surface. And the angel of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them unto the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, that they were greatly distressed. 
Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken unto the judges, but they went a whoring after other gods, and bowed themselves unto them, and they turned quickly out of the way which their father walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And when the Lord raised up, raised them up judges, then the Lord was with the judge, and delivered them out of the hand of all their enemies, and all the days of the judge, for it repented the Lord because of their groanings, by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead, that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings, nor from the stubborn way. And the angel, the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, Behold, that this people have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and have not yet hearkened unto my voice. I also will not henceforth drive them, drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died that through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein as her fathers did keep it or not. Therefore the Lord left these nations without driving them out hastily, neither delivered he them into the hand of Joshua. Such a very sad state, sad chapter. But it is often the journey and reflection of us Christians if we do not fully drive out and wholeheartedly follow God. Such happens to our children. Very sad. The Bible says that these things were written for our example. In 1 Corinthians 10.11 Now all these things happen unto them for an ensample, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. This chapter in Judges is grave and a bit disheartening but serves to give us a strong example of what happens when God's enemies are not dealt with wholeheartedly and in a timely basis. This chapter can be an example of a heart, our heart condition, the things that we allow back into our hearts once we have conquered the land, when we were born again, when we received the Holy Spirit into our hearts, when we cleaned house for the first time. Do you remember that? When we opened the door to every room we had or thought we had, but the Lord is not finished with us. He shows us more rooms that we didn't know we, that, that were even there. And after that, He will keep showing us more and more. From holiness to holiness. This journey will never stop for anyone. Will we keep opening them to the Holy Spirit? Or do you find yourself closing the ones that were at one time open? This is called backsliding. Are we closing doors to the Holy Spirit? These are the things that will eventually ruin us, and if not us, our children and our children's children. One way we can answer if we are losing ground is to honestly ask yourself, are you fighting new enemies or are you still fighting old ones? The only possible reason we are still fighting old enemies is because we have never really opened a room or rooms to the Holy Spirit. We have never really given up this room. And it keeps becoming a stumbling block to us and our children. Brethren, the things that we the most struggle with, our children will struggle with the most. Until we conquer it. Whatever it is. Romans 13.8 Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. 
For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time, and now is high time to wake out of your sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, as in a day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife or envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The Lord wants us to fill us with the Holy Spirit, brethren. The Lord wants to use us. Will we allow him? Will we completely and entirely open the doors that he is convicting us of? Or are we comfortable? Are we too busy comparing ourselves among ourselves to think that we are doing pretty good? In our church at Altona, I believe we don't lack knowledge. We lack doing. I'm putting myself into these shoes. We lack doing. Amen.